Welcome back to the Oklahoma Today podcast, once again bringing you all the best our state has to offer. This week we are roaring with excitement to talk to the folks at the Sam Noble Museum of Natural History in Norman about upcoming spring and summer exhibits and fun stuff to do with your kids, adults, and adults with the brains of kids. But before that, let's get into our question of the week, which was specifically made for adults with the brains of kids. What is your favorite dinosaur? Nathan Gunner, Editor-in-Chief. Um, that's a hard one, because I love all dinosaurs. My heart has a place for all dinosaurs in it. Um, but I probably got to go with uh, Deinonychus. That thing is cool, man. The, it was what the Velociraptors in Jurassic Park were originally based on, because mm-hmm. they weren't really based on Velociraptors. Um, and there was a specimen. There have been specimens found in Oklahoma, and I just wrote a story about it last fall. So uh, that's my favorite one. It's very scary and very, very, very cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That was a great story, too. Thank you. I appreciate that. I had fun. Uh, clever girl. Boy, that was a good one. Uh, <laughs> managing editor, Carly Ibarra. Uh, my favorite used to be Triceratops when I was very young, and then it became Velociraptor. Uh, but recently, I've really come around to Microraptors, because they're really cool. They were less than three feet tall, and apparently they were covered in black iridescent feathers, like a crow or a raven, which is awesome. And, um, they could achieve, they, they think perhaps they could achieve powered flight even from the ground. Wow. So that's pretty impressive. They had feathers both on their armies and their leggies. I don't know what they call them. <laughs> I think I think paleontologists do in fact refer to them as armies and leggies. Yeah. yeah. That's the technical term. That's scary. Like a bunch of like black feathered dinosaur carnivores descending from the skies. Like They sounded uh, very goth. You yeah. Know, like if ravens or crows were coming after you now, I still think that's pretty scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Sky dinosaurs. Sky dinosaurs. Uh, <laughs> photo editor Megan Rossman. Um, like most people, I love raptors because they're just so fun. Um, but I think uh, Patasaurus, is that how you say? Yeah. Uh, or Plesiosaurus, like oh, I, yeah. whatever. The big ones with the long necks and the flippers that swim around in the water. Plesiosaurus, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that they're pretty cute and they seem like they would be fun to ride. <laughs> they do seem like that. We could go to Loch Ness. And, and that is the most one. important thing in picking a favorite <laughs> dinosaur. dinosaur. would be the most fun to ride. Yeah. Did anybody else, when you were a kid, like get legit melancholy sad that the dinosaurs died? All the time. Like, I used to get really, like, inconsolably sad about it when I was really little. Uh-huh. Yeah, it really bummed me out. And our descendants will be able to mourn all the other animals that have passed. <laughs> I was sadder about the unicorns. But they never existed. Never having existed. Oh, you don't know with. that. For That's yeah, not yeah. what Rafi said. <laughs> <laughs> I believe. Wow. Wow. Ben, what's your favorite dinosaur? I'm going to have to go with uh, Triceratops because um, Triceratops was the, uh, uh, if you watch Power Rangers, uh, Billy the Blue Ranger, his mech uh, robot thing that uh, he Zorg. controls, his Zorg, yeah, is uh, a triceratops. And mm. Billy, I mean, is sort of an icon for uh, little white boys who were in the gifted program. So I identify Aww. with that. Uh, so the Billy and the triceratops and the Blue Ranger, I'm all about it. Nice. Good. What about you, Greg? Uh, <laughs> I am a big fan of the uh, Ankylosaurus. Oh, I, I like that one, one too. Oh, armored uh, and. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, like a tank. I, yeah, um, I 
as much as I love Jurassic Park, the the uh, dinosaur show I probably watched the most, thanks to my children, was PBS's Dinosaur Train. <laughs> uh, and there was a whole episode of Hank the Ankylosaurus uh, and the other nice. Ankylosauruses playing some sort of ball game that uh, was very fun. Mm. Anyway, uh, so I've always, yeah, I, I, I love the idea. They just had like a giant tail with a club on the end of it that they used to I beat, know, that's really beat cool. other people with. Other um, people, other dinosaurs. If you watch Camp Cretaceous with your kids, there's an Ankylosaurus on there named Bumpy, I think. It's been a minute since I watched it. That's a good, good name. But yeah, it was a good... Anyway, there's a very friendly and cute baby, <laughs> one of those, that be- becomes a fan favorite if you watch well, that s- show for children and I'm almost 43. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever, it's fine. Spe- speaking of dinosaurs... Let's talk to Alex Mann at the uh, Sam Noble Museum of uh, Natural History. And we are very pleased to welcome Mr. Alex Mann, who is part of the public relations at the Sam Noble Museum in Norman. Welcome to the podcast, Alex. Definitely, Greg. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, uh, we are always really interested in kind of what's upcoming. Uh, We, uh, and, and the Sam Noble Museum always has some really fun events um, it's one of my kids' favorite places to go. We, um, in fact, uh, we the the staff took uh, a bunch of our kids, nephews, nieces, things like that, and my kids, and and uh, went down there and and took pictures and just had the time of their lives. They they always talk about uh, the uh, the dinosaur room where you can go in there and actually uh, yeah be a paleontologist and dig up dinosaur bones. Um, tell me a little bit about uh, kind of what's the overall mission uh, there at the Sam Noble Museum. Sure. Um, So our mission is to inspire people um, to kind of understand and want to understand uh, the natural world around them and uh, the cultural world around them. Um, You know, definitely the dinosaurs are are probably what we're known best for. But, um, you know, we also try to display and showcase a lot of the uh, cultural artifacts that, you know, we have from some of the um, incredible native tribes and nations that we have all across Oklahoma. Um, and of course, you know, just sharing the, the natural, uh, ecosystems of Oklahoma too, in our hall of natural wonders. Uh, so, you know, we kind of have a different, a, a more broad mission than maybe a lot of people think of, um, you know, just when they think about, of course, some of the incredible, incredible, uh, fossil specimens that yeah. we have, but, um, definitely I, I'd say our overall goal is, is to just get people interested in learning, um, and seeing what we have here in Oklahoma in our own backyard. Oh man, I got to tell you the uh, the interactive portions of the museum for me have always really kind of sung. Um, I love going up there. You've got uh, different animal pelts uh, for people to to be able to touch, and it it really does. I you can just see kids' eyes. You can see adults' eyes uh, kind of light up because. So often in a museum, you're not allowed to touch. Um, and and you guys, it's very interactive. You got the drawers you can pull out um, with with uh, lots of samples, and lots of uh, um, uh, exhibits that that really do. I, I you guys do an amazing job. I I, I really love it. Um, one thing that we would love to know is uh, uh, spring and summer. Uh, what have you guys got coming up? Definitely. Um... So, you know, we've been really eager here at the museum to kind of really get back into a lot of our programs Um, just coming out of the COVID pandemic. You know, everybody's trying to get back to normal and and we've been really eager to get back to normal. Um, And so, you know, we've we've launched a lot of programs um, for the spring and summer. 
um, and a lot of uh, traveling exhibits that we hope will get uh, get people interested. The big one that we've got going on right now is a rainforest adventure, uh, which is a really kind of hands-on uh, interactive uh, exhibit. It's actually a maze uh, that kids and families can go through um, learning different facts about uh, rainforests uh, with a lot of different interactive and tactile uh, elements to it. Uh, you know, for the kids, there's like jungle gyms and, and climbing <laughs> parts of the exhibit. Um, but there's also different parts of it that allow you to use different senses, whether it's, you know, building different um, rainforest things like trees and things like that, or um, smelling uh, different things that come from the rainforest. So, you know, there's a lot of different elements to it. Uh, and it's one of the ones that we're most excited about just because, um, you know, it's a great way to, to kind of involve uh, kids and families, um, you know, that, uh, that, that might not normally be interested in coming to a, a museum and, and learning things, but, you know, we try to make it fun so that, uh, you know, kids, even as young as, you know, three to five can, can come in and have a good time. Oh yeah. Well, um, it reminds me, you guys had this amazing exhibit, uh, a while ago about the moon, uh, great moon photography, but also, um, there was just a lot of uh, kind of interactive stuff. You go in and out. And um, I just remember my kids just, uh, and me, like I could not, I, I wanted to look at everything. Um, you know, that's one thing that I really feel like you guys do so well is um, it's never dumbed down. It's, it, it always feels like it's very genuine, very authentic. Um, and you're, you're not talking down to kids. You're 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 kind of talking up to them. You're 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 lifting uh, the, their uh, their imaginations, and I think that applies to a lot of adults. I think a lot of us uh, probably want to learn new things. Kind of there's there's something about being an adult where you feel kind of stuck. Um, and and museums, and especially the Sam Noble Museum, do a, an amazing job of of giving people uh, an opportunity to, to walk away with a new fact, to walk away with, with a new interest. And I'm sure there's plenty of people who've gone in there uh, thinking, oh, I like dinosaurs fine. And then they leave and they're like, maybe I love dinosaurs. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm about to buy like five books about dinosaurs from the, from the gift shop. No, that's a really good point. Um, you know, obviously uh, it is a kids and family uh, exhibit and, you know, we want people to have a good time, but you know, a lot of the, the facts and information that actually, go through the exhibit or things that I didn't know, you know, about rainforests when I, uh, when I was, uh, you know, just kind of first going through the exhibit and learning what kind of content was in it. Uh, so, you know, there's stuff for everybody, definitely things that kids might not know and, and maybe even some things that parents don't know. So it's a great learning experience. Um, but, you know, again, we've got things for all different ages and a few of our other different programs are, are kind of tailored towards different age groups and audiences. So I think there's there's something for everybody. Oh, absolutely. Well, and as an Oklahoman, you mentioned already the, the native artifacts and, and uh, but I wanted to say the native art as well. Um, when you go upstairs at the Sam Noble Museum, there is a, a really great history uh, pre-contact. Um, uh, it it, it really kind of it opened my eyes a lot and then when you see modern native art as well uh kind of juxtaposed with some of those uh the crafts uh which, which were themselves art in their time um it it really brings it home and and it, it um i know we have said this a lot and, and it's certainly something the tribes talk about a lot they're not history they are still here they're among us um, they are, they're still making art, they're still living and, uh, and seeing the modern interpretations of 
classic native arts and handicrafts is um, it really drives that point home, you know, that, that this is not, uh, these are not a dead people. They, they're, they're still around, they're still thriving and, and doing, um, and, and doing their own thing. No, absolutely. Uh, one of the coolest parts of my job is interacting with some of the different uh, collections that we have here at the museum. Uh, our ethnology collection actually does a really good job of, um, kind of keeping up with the different, um, you know, artistic influences and changes and, of course, continuities within different, um, you know, uh, Native nations and tribes and seeing how um, how those have, have changed and evolved. One of the things that they've told me um, that's really striking to me is that a lot of people do think, you know, um, Native American art is stagnant. Um, you know, when people think of it, that it's, it is, they think of, you know, hundreds of years ago, you know, what, what art was back then, but it's not, it is always changing. Um, it evolves with the times. Um, and of course, you know, there, there is still that tradition that, that in a lot of cases is maintained. And, but at the same time, the mediums that are used, the, uh, the forms that that tradition takes are, are really different at times. Um, and definitely our, our, uh, collection upstairs in our hall of the people does showcase uh, a lot of really cool examples of that. Yeah. Well, and, you know, not to be too glib, but to shift to some people who really don't exist anymore. Uh, you guys have so many really wonderful uh, dinosaur exhibits, but also programs. Um, anybody who goes and looks at your calendar is going to see uh, the, the one that really caught my eye was paleo puzzles. Um, which is is in itself fascinating, because if you think about it, yeah, there's no there are no directions that come with dinosaur bones <laughs> like and 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 uh and as they've you know decomposed and and spread out over time um it takes a lot of imagination but a lot of uh, a lot of technical know-how to get those things to fit together uh tell me a little bit about about that and i, I noticed there are uh, some other really great uh uh like a dinosaur safari coming up and and uh, uh the dig into dinos um what what are some other uh, things that are happening there no, for sure. Uh, well, you, you hit on a really good point um, is that, you know, I think probably because of, you know, films and movies like Jurassic Park, people think of uh, paleontology as, you know, going out into the field and, um, you know, paleontologists finding this perfectly preserved <laughs> dinosaur skeleton just sitting in the rocks and, you know, you just lift it out. But a lot of times, in fact, most times, that's that's probably not the case. Um, you know, fossils, as you find them, are oftentimes shattered. Uh, oftentimes they're in pieces they're warped they're distorted um and not only does it take a lot of the work to get them out of the ground without breaking them it takes a lot of work to put them back together into a form that you can recognize without um without again breaking them further or or making things work it, it's extremely delicate and i've uh, another really cool part of my job is I've gotten to work at uh, the fossil laboratories at the Sam Noble Museum. A lot of people don't know that we have those, uh, but we are actually a, a ongoing research institution and we do bring fossils here uh, to, to kind of prepare them for study. And we do a lot of that preparation and putting them back together and getting them ready for uh, for a collection. Um, Segwaying that over to uh, our programs, uh, Paleo Puzzles, as you mentioned, is a really cool opportunity for people to kind of get a taste of that. Um, I believe uh, registration is closed for that event, but it's, it's essentially going to be visitors um, kind of getting different pieces of, uh, of a fossil 
and attempting to kind of reconstruct that into a recognizable shape, kind of like a, a 3D puzzle. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, visitors are going to be able to take that home with them. So hopefully it's going to be a really cool experience and uh, at the same time give people an idea of, uh, of what we do here. Yeah. Um, going into some of our different programs, you mentioned Dinosaur Safari, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, the main premise of that program is that, uh, you know, a lot of people think that dinosaurs are extinct. And of course that's true in one way, but in another sense, uh, the birds yeah. that we see uh, every day all around us are, uh, you know, descended from some types of dinosaurs. Um, and one of the, the cool parts of this program is that, uh, you know, we are going to have experts that kind of lead people uh, through uh, both our collections at the museum, showing them different bird specimens, uh, then taking them outdoors to kind of see some local birds in Norman, but throughout the whole thing, kind of drawing comparisons uh, between the anatomy of modern birds and um, and that of dinosaurs uh, that uh, that you know a lot of these things are descended from. So that'll be a really cool uh, cool program for people who are interested in either dinosaurs or uh, bird watching. Yeah, um, I mean a lot of the current science is now saying that dinosaurs probably had feathers. Uh, you know, and, and so much of what we know about them uh you know is is kind of a guess i mean <laughs> you know we, we have these we have these fossils and they and like you said they they it takes a tremendous amount of work to put them together but like what were their muscles like what were what were their you know what was their skin like and and uh it, it really is it's fascinating that uh that, that the science is still evolving uh, with this, um, something that that you would think <laughs> millions and millions of years ago, but no, we're still learning all, we're still learning new stuff. No, that's, that's, you're absolutely right. And that is one of the cool things about paleontology. Um, you know, I mean, you look back um, 20, 30 years ago at, at, you know, movies, uh, you know, like Jurassic Park, <laughs> yeah. you know, where the raptors are these, these scaly lizard looking things. Um, and then even within the last 30 years, you know, all it takes is one, uh, one or two, you know, really good, well-preserved fossils to change the whole game, change our whole understanding. There have been a few that were found in, um, I believe, Asia that do have these um, these incredibly uh, detailed feathers preserved on um, raptor-like specimens. And based on those, you know, our whole idea of, of raptors changed. Uh, and, and we do now think that, you know, a lot of them did have feathers and things like that. So, yeah, it's it's a game changer, you know, um, even even recently, you know, you know, we new fossils um, can change everything our whole understanding of that. And it's, it's really cool uh, field to be in. Well, um, folks, you absolutely need to get yourself over to the Sam Noble Museum uh, in Norman. It's at uh, 2401 Chautauqua Avenue. Um, and you can find them online at samnoblemuseum.ou.edu. Uh, um, it is, uh, and there's, there's tons of info on there uh, of, uh, of the upcoming stuff. Uh, you know, Alex, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us. We really appreciate it. Uh, and I hope to have you back again uh, with, when uh, when there's some new stuff coming in. No, definitely. We've always got new stuff coming up on our content uh, calendar. So definitely feel free to check in anytime and I'll tell you what we've got going on. Will do. All right. Thanks.
I love that museum. It's Ooh. so great. I love it. It's so much fun. <laughs> that was the place where I couldn't coax my nephew out until I was like, okay, well, if we do leave now, we can go through the gift shop. <laughs> but if we stay another 20 minutes looking at the dinosaurs, and then by the time I, he was already in the gift shop, by the time I finished uh, Yeah. If you're looking for a unique gift for an adult, that's actually a great place because they have little oh. fossils and jewelry and stuff for that's like, good idea. yeah, adults yeah. too. Yeah. There's a lot of really cool dinosaur destinations in Oklahoma. Like, it's probably good I didn't know that when I was a six-year-old or yeah. run my family's gas budget into the ground. <laughs> yeah. But like there's uh, dinosaur footprints in at Black Mesa and there's um, all the Acrocanthosaurus stuff at the Museum of the Red River and there's just a bunch. Like there's it's, it's a whole dinosaur wonderland out there. You got a whole big state full of dead terror terror lizards. Seriously, if you're into dinosaurs, like travel in Oklahoma, man. Like yeah. there's a there's like there, around every corner. Seriously. It's awesome. What a great like what a great place for people who love dinosaurs. And any of them that aren't bones are now oil. <laughs> we love that too. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it is now time for us to once again plumb the depths of travelok.com's calendars for our weekly pod events and first up this week is Carly. Hmm. So as a an intro to my event, I would like to pose a question to the group and to listeners. Please answer this question answer listeners because I would love or, yeah. to know what you have to say about this. What is art? Um, it's very subjective. It's very yes, subjective. yes, it is. Yeah, I know it when you see it. Wait, wait, is it is it is it the Campbell's soup can or is it the painting of the Campbell's soup can? Which one of those is art? Both? I don't know. That's I the question remember. that I'm okay, asking. That's a good question. Art right? is all the things I like and <laughs> none of the things I don't. There you go. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to me. It's anything that is created with the intention of helping humans understand ourselves and one another. Uh, The value of art isn't really the object itself, but the conversation it facilitates, which is why I suppose Fountain by Marcel Duchamp uh, qualifies. There's sure to be a treasure trove of discourse, but probably no urinals on display during the Northeast area, Oklahoma. Because the fountain is a urinal. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) She saw the look on my face. Sorry, (laughs) listeners. No urinals on display during the Northeast Area Oklahoma Artist Show, which is March 24th through April 1st at the Graham Community Center in Pryor. This annual show features oil paintings, pastels, photography, and sculpture in junior and senior categories. And the whole thing is free, which is not often a price associated with fine art. Check out priorarts.com for more information. That sounds cool. Yeah, it does I sound like a really see, great show. I don't remember where. It's been, like, I think it was a kid, but I saw something about, like, a an art piece that was just a toilet attached to a wall uh-huh. and it was called commodity <laughs> and you can't hear me roll my eyes i don't think but that's me rolling my eyes but it did that. it did evoke a response yes it made me roll my eyes <laughs> it still does <laughs> all right next up is ben at what point did netflix and chill turn into netflix and agonize for a half an hour about what you want to watch the, the supposed paradise of endless toys has at times felt like a monkey's paw for the tortured reality that is endless decision-making. That's why we should be thankful for all those people who bravely take the burden of good content selecting off our already overloaded plates. One such curatorial bunch includes the fine folks of the Oklahoma Jewish Film Festival, who present their ninth annual event this week at Tulsa's Circle Cinema. Be confident in your viewing as you take in special features like our almost completely true story, starring Mariette Hartley and Jerry Sorka, 
as a kind of sort of true account of their own relationship and the sometimes humorous challenges of the senior dating scene, uh, which takes place at noon on Wednesday. Thursday night at 7 p.m. features a double showing of the documentary's Mission of Hope about the first Israeli astronaut Ilan Ramon and Space Torah about Jewish-American astronaut Dr. Jeffrey Hoffman's personal mission of bringing Jewish cultural objects, such as a dreidel and Torah, into space with him. A post-film discussion with Rabbi Shaul Osad Shea, uh, Hoffman's spiritual leader, who was essential in helping get the Torah into space, will immediately follow the showing. I promise any conversation on your living room couch isn't going to be nearly as enlightening. Tickets for individual film events are $12, and full festival passes are available for $60. For more information, you can call 831-495-1100, and for a full schedule of screenings and to order tickets, you can visit circlecinema.org slash OKJFF. Wow. That sounds like fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lots of good movies to be seen. I didn't, I didn't, n- all the space. Torah and that's space cool. yeah. sounds like a, a I know, movie that in sounds itself. cool, yeah. <laughs> uh, Nate, what's your event? Um, I, also, I also have a question for the group. Have y'all ever tried mountain biking? No. Anybody mm-hmm. ever tried mountain biking? I think so. Yeah, I have. Okay, well, I've done it a couple times, and I have to say it is not the sport for me, I don't think. Uh, in Colorado in 2016, I ran, I literally, like, we got some bikes, went up to the top of this mountain on a ski lift, it was in summer, and the guy was like, okay, start riding, and I mean, I went from that spot straight into a tree, where I <laughs> screwed up my thumb, and I had to ride the whole stupid ride down that mountain with my thumb swollen and hurting, and I was sure it was broken, but it wasn't. Um, and then the next year, I went with Lori to Turkey Mountain, and we took that photo of me on my bike that's been in many, many a tourism product. And oh, and outside of tourism yeah. products. Oh, good. Glad to know. Oh, I got that God. poster. Oh, that was great. I'm so happy about that. Uh, anyway, and kind of the same result. It's just not the sport for me. But this week's event has me thinking about giving it another try. Because this week's event is the April Fool's Mountain Bike Festival in Medicine Park. It's three days of timed races in the Wichita Mountains. And the whole thing begins with a costume parade down the cobblestone streets of Medicine Park. This is the part that I'm into. Because I can definitively say that I would have a lot more fun mountain biking if I could do it dressed as, say, Jamie Lee Curtis's character from Everything Everywhere All at Once or Uncle Fester from Wednesday or whatever the hot Halloween costumes are going to be this year. This parade ends with a, fe- with a festival featuring music, costume contests, and the general revelry that makes Medicine Park so very much fun. But for those who come to compete in a non-sartorial way, there will be innumerable rides and races to be had in the Wichitas with shuttles picking riders up from base camp outfitters. Riders are free to, rides are free to join, but the big race on Sunday, the Fool's Dozen XC race, does require a USC, USAC certification to participate. And my guess is, is that if you don't know what a USAC certification is, maybe don't participate in that race. For more information, call 580-591-1693 or visit medicinepark.com slash festivals. May I point something out? Yes. If you were wearing hot dog finger gloves, you probably wouldn't have hurt your thumb. I, uh, you're right. <laughs> so, I would have just, just broken tip. off one of the hot dog finger gloves. That's a good point, Carly. Wow. 
Well, I should always be dressed as as Deirdre from Everything Everywhere all at once. <laughs> oh, okay. I was yeah. I was just like, what? <laughs> okay. Megan, what's your event? Hot dog fingers. Well, do a few bicep curls, squeeze that hand grip like nobody's business, prepare your palm for the burden and the glory of the smoked turkey leg you shall carry like a torch at the medieval fair in Norman. As you weave through jugglers and fantasy lovers at Reeves Park, you will find more than 30 food vendors and upwards of 200 artisans selling their wares at this annual reproduction of a 14th century market. Cross a seller's palm with enough gold, and you will emerge from the fair like a blessed feudal lord with swords, shields, leather goods, dragon statues, other fine art, and intricate wood carvings. When you're not feeding the modern consumer beast inside you, sit back and enjoy jousters, minstrels, storytellers, and the belly dancers who will descend upon the festival like they do every year. For more information, visit MedievalFair.org. I heard that's great. Yes. I have not. Oh, no, I've been to that one. I was thinking of the castle at Muskogee one. The Norman one's really good. I think I just, I've been there like almost every year for the past 10 years. Really? Wow. Uh-huh. wow. That's yeah. awesome. I, I don't mean to speak ill of belly dancers. It's just I've, any festival you go to in Oklahoma, there will be belly dancers. It's a popular you can, activity. You can count on yeah, it. Yeah. People, people enjoy watching and participating in mm-hmm. the dancing of the belly. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to carry around food. <laughs> you just Not eat it, just have carry one of those it. Well, yeah. Legs. <laughs> yeah. Greg, what's your event? Not to shock my mother, who is certainly listening and taking notes during all of our podcasts to bring up with me later, but I enjoy a nice beer on occasion. And what goes best with beer? That's right, baby goats. In fact, when you're pairing any alcohol, wine, a Manhattan, a pan-galactic gargle blaster, the best thing you can have with them is baby goats. Not not to eat, not to eat, just to play with, which is why we should... <laughs> why we should all head to COIL for the Bearded Doe and Company's Sip and Snuggle event. The event is open to all ages and all beverages, cuddling and Coke, nuzzling with knee-high, hugging and hot chocolate, all good. Regardless of your drink choice, please do drink responsibly for everybody's safety. And as an added bonus at this week's event, veterans are going to get in free. No fooling. This is happening on April 1st. Tickets are fifteen to eighteen dollars, and you can uh, get them at thebeardeddoeandcompany.com. I loved that photo in our last issue. Do you have to bring? Event. You bring your own alcohol, or they will? I, I believe yeah, you can purchase it's it there. It's, oh, a, okay. it's BYOB, but they have the goats, so it's not BYOB. So you bring the booze, they supply the goats. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That sounds yeah. like a good deal. Fair shame. I know. I'm I mean, it's better sure than I'd like trying to throw a goat in the car and drive, because I don't think that would go well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a Ricky Bobby anyway. situation. <laughs> that was a great little awkward silence on the podcast. <laughs> well, the sound of adult goats of legal drinking age cracking open a cold one means that this episode of the Oklahoma Today podcast is coming to a close. But if you can't get enough, head to oklahomatoday.com and you can pick up our latest issue on newsstands right now. Send your feedback to OKTPod at travelok.com and we will talk to you again next week. The Oklahoma Today podcast is a production of Oklahoma Today magazine and the Oklahoma Tourism and Recreation Department. Your hosts are Oklahoma Today editors Nathan Gunner, Greg Elwell, Carly Ibarra, Megan Rossman, and Ben Lucian. Theme song editing and production help by Oklahoma Today's production manager, Bridget Sloan. For more information, visit oklahomatoday.com. Goodbye. <laughs> oh. oh, that was... You're welcome. <laughs>